Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. That's our theme verse from Matthew chapter 23, verses 37 through 40 for this week's Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. Today, Senior Pastor Perry Duggar will review the purpose of Brookwood Church and the plan for ministry for 2021-22. If you want to watch a video of this week's message, listen to worship, or search through our message archives, visit brookwoodchurch.org slash watch or download the Brookwood Church app. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast. We pray this message encourages you and your walk with Christ. And now, Perry Duggar. Today I'll introduce the ministry plan for next year, which we don't call it a budget. Budgets are seem to me just about dollars and cents, but I think our plan is a calling from God. In fact, I prefer calling to even mission or vision, which those of you in the corporate world had to fashion all of those statements that not many of you even remember. They can be awful confusing, but we've tried to keep this simple. What has God called us to? And then we do use what we call a motto. What's the Brookwood motto? Love God, love people. Very, very simple, but I think very thorough because Jesus spoke of that. Matthew chapter 22, you can take out your Bibles or your smartphones and we begin at 36. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Now, let me give you the PLT translation. You know that translation? Perry's loose translation. (laughs) What should each of us and our church be doing? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then it's key here. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets. In other words, everything written in the Old Testament, which is the scripture they had up to this point, is based on these two commandments. And it's also fulfilled By keeping those two commandments, love God, love people. You know, I want us to listen as we begin to each of the pastors who lead an area of the church. As they offer insight into their calling, their purpose, their perspective in their area of responsibility. Take a look. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us. We are so glad that you are here. My name is Josh Masters and I'm here with some of the other pastors here at Brookwood Church. And we wanted to take an opportunity, just a few moments, to share with you our hearts and the heart of Brookwood Church. And I'm gonna start with you, Carrie, as our senior pastor and our founding pastor. What would you say is the thing that defines Brookwood Church? If I only listed one, I would say the um, authenticity of people. Uh, And I would put into that statement that they understand themselves and therefore they understand each other. Yeah, 
a big part of what we try to try to do in family ministry is is really help parents. Um, it can feel sometimes like culture is is grabbing your kids, grabbing your teenagers, and so a lot of what we do is try and resource and help parents uh, figure out a way to disciple their their own kids. If you build a church, you rarely get disciples, um, but if you build disciples, you always get a church. And so even though we have uh, programs, they're more like environments that allow space for God to come and work in our lives. We would have encounters and experience Him and have healthy, uh, meaningful, uh, lasting relationships with each other. One of the things we try to do um, is we try to lead people to communicate with God and to, uh, and to thank Him for who He is and what He's done. My desire and my, the way I try to lead my team is to say, we, we, we don't want to be the ones seen. We, we really want to be the ones pointing to Christ. One of the things that is so important is to really show people dignity, um, show them that they're, they're loved, they're created in God's image, and they're important to Him. They're also important to us. You know, a lot of times when people come to care, they're, they're hurting. And we get an opportunity, like the Good Samaritan, to not only come alongside them and to help them heal, but a lot of times it's introducing them to the fact that just this idea that God loves you. We put so much emphasis in helping people transform. Only the Spirit transformed, but you have a lot of hands in helping people where they are. Here's some steps. And I think that's unique that we have uh, a considerable number of people involved in that, helping folks grow. You know, I wanted all of us to hear each pastor's passion and motivation rather than just going through a list of programs. I mean, unfortunately, we, we, we budget in categories by particular programs, but those programs have no value. In fact, won't continue if they don't help people pursue a relationship with Jesus by faith, which means in, in other terms, to learn how to love God and how to love people. Now we can grow in our love for God in isolation, by ourselves, at home. You, you can pray, you can fast, read your Bible, you can even worship. But these practices I submit are even more beneficial when shared with others, because together when we practice Bible study and engage in worship, we, we gather from each other's spirit in worship. We gain insight from each other's ideas, and we're encouraged, we're influenced by the experience that other people have with Christ and by their expression of their personal faith. The second great commandment that Jesus spoke of was love your neighbor as yourself, which we express simply as love people. But that can only be practiced in connection, and that's close proximity with others. The phrase one another is translated from a Greek word, alone. And in approximately, it appears over a hundred times, but in approximately 59 of the occurrences in the New Testament, it gives specific guidance how and how not to relate to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ in true Christian friendships. 
We all need true Christian friendships. Do you, do you have them? This encouragement from these one another's most of the time, the most frequent is to love one another. It appears 17 times. But you could say that, that love is actually the motivation, it's the guide for the way we treat each other in every situation. It's a good question for us. If I'm about to take a, say a word or take an action, I should ask, is this loving? Because love for each other will be expressed now in various ways. And according to these verses, just to summarize them, it's expressed through acceptance, encouragement, compassion, forgiveness, kindness, respect. But also, we, those are all real positive. And I hope we should be engaged in all of those expressions of love for one another. But it also includes, if we love people, we will teach and instruct each other. And we will confront when someone is off the path. We'll help draw them back and we'll continue to pray. And that's, that's only a, a summary. But every one of us need people in our lives. People who, who are committed to our well-being, who are committed to pursuing Christ themselves, because each of us needs to be known by others, and we need to know others. We need to be invested in each other's spiritual lives. Who, whose life are you invested in? Well, I mind my own business. That's not Christian. Christian is to be concerned in each other's, yes, spiritual growth, as well as physical health, as well as emotional well-being. How many of the worst mistakes we've made in our lives could have been escaped if someone had butted in? Not motivated to condemn, motivated to encourage, motivated to show love. Unfortunately, COVID-19 has kept all of us apart. Goodness, it's been going on now more than a year. Is it about to rise up again? I don't know. And many have not returned. Many are still at home out of concern for future illness. And I hope we all can return soon. But, but I hope that during that time that you haven't just grown complacent not going to church, not being connected to people, just drinking your better coffee at home on Sunday morning. Although the coffee's better, isn't it? Yes, yeah, not nearly as bitter. Although I'm not sure, the bitterness might have kept you awake more. But, but I hope that each of us has experienced the value of being closely connected to a few other people. Christianity was not designed to be lived alone. Only together can we pursue God's calling to us. And, and that's what we've sought to express in our ministry plan. All of our church's efforts through this plan, I think each of you received this, all of our efforts should support pursuing a relationship with Jesus by faith. And then we suggest three practices. And again, these are just a summary of, of 
all of our involvements. Are we communicating with God? Are we connecting with other Christians? But do we also care for others? And I'll just quickly hit some highlights of this ministry plan. And know that each area does include um, human resources or personnel costs as well as a, a portion of the overhead. We begin with worship and it includes all the production and the production staff. And it promotes communicating with God. All these expenses are related to teaching and preaching and vocalizing devotion to God in worship services, in this room, but in all the large meeting spaces for people of different ages. Um, one new improvement I'll mention, we, because these, like so many things aging, they tend to break down. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, speak for yourself. But when these projectors break down, it is very expensive. So we're going to a different technology, an LED wall, which uh, is more upfront cost, but much less over time, much more cost expensive. And you'll see that about Christmas time. So I don't want you to go into shock and say, well, what did, how much did that cost? But <laughs> it's actually cheaper <laughs> in the long run and much more efficient. But the but the worship area is $1.2 million of our total ministry plan, 16%. Adult discipleship and recreation promotes connecting with other Christians for spiritual growth. And that includes all of our community or our small groups, our classes, our essentials, in-depth discipleship, our mentoring, leadership training, and all of our you know, wide range of recreation opportunities for all ages. And that's 656,000 or 9% of our budget. The area of family, students, and children also promotes connecting with Christians of, of different ages and life situations. And it too, like adult discipleship, includes discipleship activities, but also camps and retreats for young adults, for students, for children. It also aids families. There, we have wonderful tools, the, the family pathway that's been designed and it's on, it's on the web. But it gives parents some, some steps and some instructions, some helps in actually helping their children to grow spiritually, to encounter God. Because our culture has changed. I would say it's degraded. You know, when I was in elementary school, we still had the Lord's Prayer and, and the Pledge of Allegiance. And, and our culture, even our, even our television programming and movies, had, had a more moral element. And so there was some help in our culture to raise children, not only morally, but also with some sensitivity toward faith issues. Then our culture evolved into sort of a neutral, but today it's not that. Today... Much of the programming on television, in movies, on social media is very negative and actually mitigates against God awareness and spiritual growth. So parents need more help to be able to direct their children's lives so they, don't, they aren't merely taught by this culture. And that amount is $1.8 million dollars is 26% of our total. 
Care and serve promotes caring for others. This is first within the church. It includes and a little bit beyond the walls as well to the community. But primarily we start within the church. And we have extensive ministries that help people in difficult situations. Celebrate recovery most notably. And then the version of celebrate recovery for students called the landing. We have many support groups. There's pastoral counseling. There's lay counseling benevolence assistance, as well as um, weddings and offering people times in, a, you know, in great distress, such as funerals. So it serves the church and the community. 1.2 million, 17%. Outreach and missions promotes caring for others in our community and also the world. And this includes support for our mission partners, you met a family this morning from Peru that we support. And mission trips, community agencies, disaster relief. And then we have a, a wonderful Spanish and Portuguese ministry. And I, I hope you understand those folks are reaching folks, leading them to the Lord. And so we do some interpretation and we're going to expand some of that interpretation. We have plans too. But also our, our very special special friends ministry. I think it's unique in the upstate and it, it's a marvelous program that truly recognizes the image of God in people that have some special needs. Because just because we don't all look the same, just because our communication skills are not the same or our habits, we all possess a soul that's redeemable and by Jesus Christ and faith. And so what a marvelous program. You too may want to volunteer, but see what they're doing. I want to bring our attention back to Set Free, the Set Free Alliance that we sponsor children in India and we've helped support over the years. Uh, this year we've budgeted 864000 which is more than a tenth of our overall budget. It's a partnership we began in 2011 and then in 2012, we, we prayed and we, we, some of us fasted and we committed in a much more major way to be involved with what God is doing in a place that doesn't have the resources that we have. And so they've drilled 109 new wells through June. They've rescued 5,635 children from slavery. That's right. Reunited 7,798. Why are you so precise with these numbers? Because every number represents a child with worth and dignity and an eternal soul. They reunited, reunited 7,798 children back with their families. We are, they are currently, it's wonderful. But if you're clapping, I'm asking for you to open those wallets. And, and, uh, they are currently caring for 9,090 rescued children. And you say, yeah, but India is so vast. How can it make any difference? It makes a difference to over 9,000. It would make a difference to you if you were living there, wouldn't it? Every soul matters to God. 7,224 new churches have been planted in Hindu India. And I want you to understand the current president there is hostile to Christianity. And many of our partners have been 
mistreated, abused. Some have been even put to death for the gospel. The amount that we give in this general area is 2.3 million, which is 32% of our total. That means that almost one-third of our overall ministry plan is going outside these walls, which I think is a wonderful figure. I would like to see us give away more than half. We're not where we are yet, where we can yet. But I'm asking all of you to step up and help. And for many of you, I ask you to give directly to the setfreealliance.org. Not through our church. Our church is already doing a good bit. But you give directly. Set it up. Let them draw it out of your account. Because there are many, many children in need. And we can help. You can save lives and lead children into eternity with just a little bit of generosity. So our ministry total for the year is 7.3 million. You can look on the back and you'll see how $1 is split up, which shows the distribution. You say, well, wait a minute now, those accountants in the room, I need to know more than this. Well, then you can come to a meeting next week, two o'clock, pied eye, and you can ask as many questions as you want. In fact, David Hardy will be leaving soon after that, so I think you ought to bring a book full of questions and keep him there for hours and tell him you want to see every detail and every expenditure. And in this church, if you're part of this church, you have access to anything, but you don't want to hear all that on Sunday morning. God has called us to a ministry that is unique in accepting all people, in showing them respect, in dignifying Everyone, that is no small thing. Now, when we accept people, that doesn't mean we leave them alone. We accept them as they are to help them become the person God designed them to be. We can't do it ourselves, but the Spirit can. And so we cooperate with the Holy Spirit in all these different opportunities in the church and what we're doing is we're our lives are being changed but we're helping to change lives by loving by serving and yes by giving all of us need to be giving you'll limit your own spiritual growth if you're not generous and inviting others to come and share in Christ All of us can participate in the spiritual transformation of others. And as we do, we're transformed ourselves. We are sharing the life of Christ to people that don't know him. Now, it's only made possible because we first shared in the love of Christ that is displayed so powerfully in his sacrifice. And that sacrifice is commemorated through the Lord's Supper, which we'll participate in in just a moment. So just right now, just reflect on Jesus' sacrifice for us. It was for each of us, but it was for all of us collectively. And we share in that death together. 
and prepare your hearts for communion. And we'll participate after Maria and Cassidy sing. Please remember what Christ has done for you. Please raise your hands if you didn't receive the elements as you were entering and they'll be brought to you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul writing, but he's speaking of the Lord's Supper that occurred in the upper room, the last supper of the disciples. When we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And though we are many, we all eat from one loaf of bread, showing we are one body. Every Christian is part of one body, but there's a a unique group of us that gather here at Brookwood. If you don't belong, we'd like for you to too. Because all of us need a place where we belong, a church to belong to, and a church that belongs to each of us. And I invite you, today's a day to take a step. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And Paul writing still says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord took some bread. You can open that clear top on your cup. And he gave thanks to God for it. He gave thanks and then he broke it. He broke it into pieces and he passed it around. And he said, this is my body which is given for you. And do this to remember me. And they ate. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper. This is the fourth cup of the evening called the cup of redemption. You go ahead and open the top. And he said, this is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed in my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. And they drank. And then he said, for every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, like the one we're doing right now, you are announcing the Lord's death We announce it to ourselves. We announce it to each other. It encourages us to live an announcement to our community until he comes again. You know, as we close, before we go, I want to show you a story of a life that was changed here at Brookwood. Clint Robison. Hi, how are you? Can I have a big hug? Come here, come here. Big hug. 
Yeah, you sing Jesus Loves Me? Yes. All right, you want to sing it tonight? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually serve in special friends every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. Before we came to Brookwood, you know, we was out partying, drinking, going to concerts all the time. Same thing, Friday night, Saturday night, come to church on Sunday in a small local church. I thought I was saved, been baptized three different times. Two times because I got free pizza, which I thought was pretty cool at the time I was young. And when my severely autistic daughter started getting a little older, nobody could take care of her, so my wife was either taking care of her in the nursery or one of us was staying home. So it was just one of those things that we quit going to church. You know, just got to a real low point. We started seeing things in our lives kind of going downhill. And I says, you know, I really think we need to get back into church. And she says, well, I don't know how we're ever going to get back into church with having Lacey. You know, nobody can take care of her. And that's a very, very common mentality of most special needs parents is, we don't feel anybody can take care of our children. And I, it was just weighing on my heart. I was like, we gotta get back into church. We gotta get back into church. That's when I, I, I'd seen Brookwood and seen the special needs program online. And I said, you know what? I, I think we should go. Maybe they can take care of Lacey. So I came one week and, you know, it was pretty cool. And then, you know, came a few more times by myself. I would just sneak in a little causeway over there and then just sit right at the front of the, the bleachers, you know, easy in, easy out. So I was just sitting there one day and, you know, just had a heavy heart at that time, you know, was just searching for something. They were worshiping and singing and, you know, just sitting there and I just got overwhelmed by this feeling and, and I just broke down and started crying right in the middle of the church, and I probably cried halfway through the whole service. That was kind of a, a different moment for me, because like I said, I thought I was saved my whole life. Now that I look back, I see now how every single aspect led me to be where I was that Sunday morning when he called me. After I was saved, I seemed to have this burning fire to, to just learn more. And I started reading the Bible, got me a Bible. I thought it was weird because I would go back and try to do some things that I used to do. And I was like, oh, this, something just don't feel right about this. Some friends called me up and says, hey, y'all want to go out? And I was like, sure, let's go. And we get in there and I'm just looking around and I'm like, what am I even doing here? Like, it was a total different feeling after God called me, that I realized that that's not what God had called me to do. God had changed me, and I didn't know where I was going from there, but I knew I was going down a different path. Is it time for you to go down a different path? Clint's <laughs> story is wonderful, but it's not unique. There are hundreds of these stories, perhaps even thousands in this church, of lives changed dramatically, significantly. Is it time for yours to change? Is it time for you to take a different path? Complacency will never do it. Nominal Christianity won't change your life. And I urge you, consider 
some new commitments for the coming year. We're not collecting this, so don't be afraid. But there's several practices. Are you involved in these practices? Communicating with God, it's on the back of your sheet. Just, just practicing singing, giving thanks, giving praise to God for what he's done. Giving to God of your finances. You say, well, I can't do it, I can't do it. Try 1%. Or try to increase by 1%. Or add sponsoring some children at setfreealliance.org. Practice listening to God to learn how he speaks. And connect with other Christians. And Maybe the first step is to say, I want to be part of this church. I want to belong here. Membership classes at 3 o'clock. Come today. Well, I, I need to be in a small group. I need to serve somewhere. Five o'clock, you can be oriented to all of those things that are offered here. And all of us need to be caring for others. By giving, yes, but by serving hands on and being concerned about people. Here in the church, in the community, at work. Sharing your story, just like Clint's of what Christ has done in your life. Not in an arrogant way, not in a condemning way, in a gentle, humble, personal telling of your story. I don't know how to do it. Well, then join up with some others and learn. As I said, there'll be a Q&A meeting next week. Membership class this afternoon, small group and ministry sampler also this afternoon. How about taking a step? Father, we thank you how you change our lives. But Lord, don't let us be complacent with the bit of growth we've seen, but Lord, help us strive to become the very people that you crafted us to be. Let us become the persons you designed us to become. And Lord, may we have an influence in this church, in our families, in this community, and beyond to the world. In your blessed Son's name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. At Brookwood, we want to help you pursue a relationship with Jesus so that you can experience a transformed life. One way you can do this is by getting connected at Brookwood. Please email us, connections at brookwoodchurch.org or call 864-688-8326 to speak to someone on our connections team. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great week.